0: I just get this off my chest like the screw you lancelin 16ks everything every time you think that he's dead he comes back but
1: i, I don't understand why are you why are you mad Cause cause at lancelin
0: we should because i faced him in and a head to head league in our home league and he decided to single-handedly lose me case beat me in case
1: lancelin never had more than 12ks in an outing that makes sense but probably a bunch of 10 and 12ks Twelve, eleven. so he has 10. had uh, 30, 30 games with 10 plus going going all the way back I mean looking at his so his last most successful outing was 2019 Texas versus Oakland he records 12 strikeouts he's got three 12s uh, two in 2019 and then one in 2012
0: <laughs> I love that
1: he had a he did have an 11k effort last year. Against, okay. C- against Seattle again. Apparently, he's got Seattle's number. <laughs> Apparently, why? That was his three hundredth start. <laughs> if he had won every game, he would have three hundred wins. Other MLB note here: Reds are on an eight-game winning streak. I mean, we've been. This has been a weirdly streaky season, right? I mean, the Athletics just reeled off seven. I know. So, I know. What, you
0: know. I mean, this continues the conversation that we had last week, where it was like the quality teams keep on winning games that shouldn't be winning games. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it does. It does color my choices a little bit because prior to this, I'd been thinking of Cincinnati as a must start against.
0: You know, like I haven't all season. I have. I've had them nips in the like. Depends on the pitcher quality. Not. on, oh, interesting. on Them. You know. Okay. Of uh, versus you know some teams where it's like yeah it doesn't matter on the quality of the of the pitcher who's pitching against the Nats. Start them. I, I guess my i guess
1: my stance has been if i own a pitcher and they're going against the reds or if i if i own a pitcher and they're going against the reds and i don't feel like i should start them i probably shouldn't own that pitcher
0: that's true. That's a. It's
1: has been. That's a good point. Like I mean, there. I do every once in a while. I have a situation like that where it's like a litmus test. Where I have the guy and I'm like, I'm not gonna start him this week against, against X team. And then it's like, mm, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start him against after. Cleveland. And it's like, well, what am I? What am I doing then? Cleveland's not that good what of am I a team. Doing in my life? <laughs> yeah. Like why? Do, why do I have this guy? Reds are a half game behind the Brewers. I know that the NL Central in general makes no sense it has been, been a cluster this entire year. yeah yeah the, and as we've talked about i mean we're both expecting a cardinals surge at some point here but any i mean that division's wide open still at this point
0: i cardinals go on an eight game win streak they go on their eight game win streak yep. and they will be right there yeah yep it's a, we're going to be saying that all all year long it's going to be September fifteenth, we're gonna say eight more games. Cardinals. Just, just <laughs> get a ring off eight game win streak, and they'll be there. Well, I, think, I mean, but it's a good thing that that Pittsburgh
1: crystallized those wins early, right? <laughs> they, are just, they're just
0: riding it. Eight. They're just riding those early season wins. Two and eight over the last ten. Yeah. Do you Do you want to tell me how it how it feels to own Choyotani as a <sighs> never never before had the pleasure i don't understand so
1: i i have a slightly more i actually have a slightly more simple otani ownership than the average person because i'm just treating him as an amazing pitcher you know i like i haven't been because i own jd martinez who can only slot into the utility slot in tgfbi there's actually no ambiguity about what i should do there's no ambiguity until jd martinez gets hurt <laughs> effectively
0: isn't that wild in what that you're just you're you have the home run you have the home run leader, yeah, but he's on your team, but you're not seeing realizing any of those home runs. But back.
1: he's also a really good pitcher. I, I <laughs> like that's like it, I, you could you could turn it around and be like, look at all these home runs, and it'd be like, I kind of want 100 Ks,
0: <laughs> you know? I like, need <laughs> 100 Ks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, all, it is it, well, a TGFBI is almost in a way it is geared towards an ace has more impact yes. on your team yes than one hitter
1: well i mean it's a it's a balance thing right i mean there's they have because you have two corner infield spots and extra outfielders it's just easier to accumulate hitting stats by just having guys that get out there and play on a daily basis well you i you
0: have fewer pitchers than you have hitters yeah exactly just yeah right there and as you said, last year though, I bet you would have been starting him on the hitting side because yeah. your hitting was atrocious. Exactly. No, I think I mean the night, yeah. one of the best parts about
1: owning Otani is that he's an insurance policy on either side, right? You say like, well, I really need to juice my hitting. You put Otani in there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah either I, way. But in general, I'm happier to have him on the pitching side right now. I don't feel I don't feel any regret about missing the home runs. I don't feel that much regret about missing the home runs. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. TGFBI check in. So I rebounded a little bit. I'm at 81, up from 110 last week. You're at 246, up from 254. Uh, okay, we're both trending in the right direction. No disasters. I didn't, you know, didn't place in the 400s again for another week. <laughs>
0: it's it's so difficult. where you have one bad week and you move back so far so fast. Yeah. And then you just have to swim against the tide just endlessly to be able to get back into it. No,
1: it's an absolute, it's an absolute grind. I mean, this is just like, you can't, you just can't mess up in TGFBI.
0: (laughs) You know, I, I've had two weeks of messing up because I've had, um, I had some difficult, difficult Sundays, uh, recently. And just, I didn't get everything done that I needed to get done. And, and that, push me back and it's like i really do i think i would i was on trending towards inching my way into the hundreds yeah (sighs) all right you bet you you ready to get into this main segment here sure
1: you texted me should we chat about stolen bases and i said well i'm actually historically really bad at stolen bases so let's chat about it what do you got for me
0: yeah with the new plus size bases we knew that there should could be more stolen bases this season Naively, my assumption is that they are up. I thought this would be a good week for a quick look at some summary stats on SBs compared with last year. Of course, it's making the assumption that last year was a normal year.
1: I mean, that's that's all we can do. Before we get started, I want to make my prediction on this, which is what I had said, what I was thinking before the season. I was thinking that it's actually the guys who in previous years got like six to ten stolen bases who are going to see a huge jump. Like I'm less worried about the you know the the absolute speedsters who are always going to be owned, but I was really worried from a fantasy perspective about like how do I predict the guys that are now that used to get six to ten that are now going to get fifteen to twenty, and I need to think about those guys. So that that was that was the framework with which I thought about stolen bases this year, and I'm curious if it holds up
0: with any analysis. Well, here I've got some some of the summary statistics for you, man. Okay, my man. Um, sum of stolen bases in 2022 by 619 there were 1015 seems like a lot it seems like a lot this year same date 1557 it's 53 that seems, so seems like a lot the more. naive yeah. assumption yeah <laughs> the, the naive assumption was correct there are more stolen stolen bases and this sort this is What really cued this conversation was that I was watching Jorge Mateo Mm. and thinking, like, is he ownable? He's got 20 stolen bases. That feels like a lot. Mm. But are there really just that many more stolen bases that 20 is not as valuable? So if we consider that 20 this year um, would be 15 last year, somewhere around there, something like that. Sure, yeah. Or like 14. It's more like 14 it's still quite a few last year um still decent enough I don't know if it really moves the needles this this year quite as much to uh continue to if he's in one one category
1: but I mean
0: is it player. is it that simple because
1: I mean is it is it that simple that you can ignore team construction because if this is if this is like all guys if if all of this inflation is driven by guys that aren't owned do I care
0: oh we, right we have to get at this, we got to continue. I'm not, this is okay. not the, All right. the Sorry. conclusion of Jump, the second. Jumping We're ahead. not going off of one number. Jumped and then ahead. Then
1: <laughs> and then talk for half an hour. Yeah, yeah. But continue. Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> Max, Max stolen bases last year at this point in time was 18. Okay. And that was John Birdie. John Birdie. John Birdie. Good for him. And Julio Rodriguez. Great for him. Heard of him. Great for him. <laughs> this year, top stolen bases is Estuary Ruiz at 36. Now, quick math. That's two times more. It's nice. It's nice that they did that. Perfectly divisible. Good job, right? Estuary. Uh, even though you're named after a shitty river,
1: <laughs> let me let me just throw you let me throw you one more stat here to augment this. Julio right. Rodriguez, though, only has 15 stolen bases this year, as of right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same player, right? And I guess we could look up what John Birdie has. I bet it's not 18. <laughs> Yeah. yeah let's
0: look that up i'm sure the the viewers are holding their breath here uh so so i don't know i mean all the viewers are definitely but the listeners maybe not i i guess i mean i'm not i'm not trying to poke holes in this but
1: i'm, I'm interested in like okay so the statistical mean is much higher is obvious right has to be same number of players and you've got one guy who's got two times as many more but i wonder how what that relationship looks like like is it Everybody's got two times more on average, or is it that,
0: or you know, everybody's got fifty percent more, or is it? Well, why don't you look at the two histograms that I put together for you? The top one is is twenty twenty two. The bottom one is twenty twenty three, and it looks like it's two times as many. Each one of these is two times as many, and there are more people with a stolen base. Not not a shit ton, but uh, there are more people in the zero to and a half category no, no I, I mean I, I see I see your point and
1: I agree statistically this is true my question is can you reliably identify those guys or is it a case of like because because Julio rodriguez right in these histograms is in the same bin from last year to this yeah. year effectively yeah esther Ruiz well he wasn't he wasn't in last year's bin at all right <laughs> I, I don't think I think was he no yeah so so I guess what I'm trying to figure out is like From a fantasy perspective, how causal it is to predict going predict where a guy is going to be at? Because my point is just like Julio Rodriguez doesn't have twice as many stolen bases as as he did last year. Is this a whole bunch of guys coming out of the woodwork stealing bases, or should I be thinking of it as on average every single guy that you owned last year is going to get twice as many stolen
0: bases this year? I well, as come on, we you know that it's not, it's never as simple as that. But do you, you want to hear the top five I do. right now this yeah, year? Yeah. Top five right now this year Estuary Ruiz, Ronald Acuna, you've heard of him, Wander hmm. Franco, hmm. Bobby Witt Jr., G1 Bay, Juan, okay, Bei. those are the top five. And then you have Jorge Mateo, Corbin Carroll, Starling Marte, Whit Merrifield, and Josh Lowe. So, all of, all of those guys
1: are guys that I would expect to be leading in stolen bases. Why well, like Josh Lowe
0: should not. Okay, be okay, 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 okay. Right.
1: 18 bases stolen bases. 90% of those guys are guys that I expect to be leading in stolen bases. I think the thing that bugs me fundamentally, not bugs me fundamentally, but makes me think strategically fundamentally is that it doesn't matter from a fantasy perspective if everybody is getting twice as many stolen bases as they did last year. Right? It just it just means that it just means that there's been stolen base inflation and there's no added margin, right? Everybody that I owned last year, like, okay, so my team just scores, just gets twice as many stolen bases. Is that the wrong way to
0: think about it? I'm not sure. Here, let's see. You want to hear the top 10 last year at this time? Yeah, of course. John Birdie, mm-hmm. Julio Rodriguez, Jorge Mateo, mm-hmm. Tommy Edmond, Harrison Bader, Cedric Mullen, Trey Turner, Randy Arozarena, Marcus Semien, and Eli White. Eli White had twelve. That I mean, that list is a little more and surprising. Josh Lowe had eighteen. Has eight. Josh Low is the tenth, yeah. and he has eighteen. So the tell, I think it does. It, it here's the big thing that that I think that I'm hearing from this and seeing from this is that most of the guys that we heard in that top ten for this year are players that are good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the people that are hearing this last year. John Birdie, um, Jorge Mateo, like let's let's be honest, Harrison Bader, um, Eli White, that's that's not really great great players. And then Randy Rosarena with twelve, only ha- didn't even have ten percent more than you know Isaiah Con- Connor Falefa who had ten at this point. In time. Okay, so so I think that there's, I think that what we do what we are seeing is that there's more stolen bases concentrated in the people that are on the bases so is your argument regularly. is your argument for fantasy then I don't have an argument this is exploratory
1: okay no but, but is is this suggestive for fantasy that it's actually it's it's actually just made the top flight guys even more valuable because now they're also stealing bases so actually you like you're more likely
0: to have a five tool player now because mm-hmm. they've added stolen I bases think that that's- Okay okay i think that that is true and i think that it actually and maybe the other pieces conversely the top flight players who are not uh, stealing bases are negatively impacted ah uh, ah, uh, actually i mean okay i i actually so if you think yeah. about the historical manny machado i don't where is manny machado this year is he, is he stealing bases again i don't think so didn't we i mean didn't we declare
1: him done stealing bases like four years ago I bet Machado has two stolen bases. Three. Okay, pretty good. So, no, he's not stealing bases. Well.
0: Three stolen bases means that he ends the season with eight right now, right? Last year he had one. So, okay, so that's a huge. Uh, never mind, never mind. I'm sorry, sorry. He had one caught stealing. He had nine last year. He's on pace for fewer this year than he did got last year. So I think that's the thing. I think it's a bigger thing mm-hmm. is that it deflates the value of, of the guys that do not steal bases. I I think you're right. I think that's really
1: interesting. And that means that to me, that means that the value at the top, it this is actually the, one of the bigger material changes to the value of top 10 players than we've seen for a long time. Like Acuna is insanely valuable now,
0: even more valuable.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's, I mean, he's, I was looking at his stats the other day,
0: and, th- I mean, he is just off the charts fantasy valuable. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's wild. But, right, and that continues to deflate the value of some, uh, like, a Freddie Freeman, who is going to actually have more home runs this year, and he's going to bat over 300. And he's actually not going to probably be as Valuable as you would think, because there are other guys who are going to come in here with more stolen bases.
1: Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is an excellent example
0: of a guy who is nominally, wow, but he has nine stolen bases. Nominally top So ten. wow. Okay. So, so I say that, and then that tells you that the guys that are on base are stealing more bases. Well, okay. So I need to do a correlation coefficient here, right? I don't know if I can do that on the. Fly.
1: I think. I mean, one of the things that's really interesting to me from a strategy from a like a baseball rules perspective is actually that I don't know that it's the we're we're giving the bases a hard time, but I is it the bases or is it the the pickoff
0: rules? A. I wasn't trying to give it a hard time. I mean I think this is I think this was the whole point was they wanted to have more fun on the bases because you know just a guy grabbing his jock two feet away from first base isn't exactly what you want to have in a family friendly venue. And the more that you have guys that are engaged and trying to run means that you're also, man, they did so many things that were anti-shift. Yeah. And then just outright banned the shift as well. Yeah. It was like, you would think that there were really two camps of like, hey, here are all these things that we're thinking of doing to try to remove the incentive of shifting. Or we could do the shift. And then everybody was just like, let's do both. <laughs> I. I guess I guess I mean, the reason that I brought
1: up the rule change is just because if they announce in the off season that they've tweaked something else, I want to be ready to make some prediction about what happens next. Like if they say actually we're gonna give a third pickoff attempt for every for every plate appearance. you know I, want, I would like to have a sense a priori because because right now the reason we have to do this data exploration is just because so many rules changed and we had no idea what the implications were
0: gonna be. Oh yeah here you go you've we've we've uncovered something good we could probably look at this way more correlation between plate appearance and stolen bases in 20 uh 22 was 0.35 between singles and stolen bases 0.36 not really that much of a movement this year correlation between plate appearances and stolen bases is 0.41 correlation between singles and stolen bases is 0.44 ah so continuing c- continuing rising okay in our co- correlation coefficient we're totally doing this what we're not supposed to do which is to say but
1: no but th- i mean this this is real this is this is real data exploration, you know. I mean, okay, fine. So, yeah, this is going to get... Oh, we're not supposed to make any conclusions off this, but we are
0: supposed to say this is interesting.
1: No, it's, <laughs> it's it's super interesting. I mean, that's... But this is the type of thing that guides you to something that's actionable information, right? Because the guys who are stealing bases are the guys who are getting singles. So if you need stolen bases, go look for guys who are getting singles. they are probably get a bunch of stolen bases. Because, I mean, to some extent, who cares that Ronald Acuna? in terms of fantasy actions that you can take right now, it doesn't matter that Ronald Acuna is stealing more bases. There's literally nothing you <laughs> <Yeah>. can do. <laughs> like yeah. you either own him or you don't, you know, but uh-huh, yeah, exactly. But guys further down the line,
0: you can do something about <laughs> estuary. Ruiz is when you're, when you're looking for the ne- you can look for the next estuary Ruiz. And yeah. Who knows if, if we know anything about Oakland, estuary Ruiz is not going to be on that team. Um, <laughs> And that will be an opportunity to find the next S. Ruiz. Absolutely. You want to know what the correlation coefficient between home runs and stolen bases this year is? Love to. 0.17. There you go. So, as, there you go. We've approved. As, as We've predicted. Proved as way. predicted. Not useful. Okay. <laughs> I think that about brings us to the review session. Jake Cronenworth. Jake Cronenworth, he's only
1: been in the league for four years, feels like a guy who should be around forever should have been around forever um i always i always have this association that he's been around for a long time but he really hasn't all-star two of his seasons this year 2023 he has he's played in 70 games good for him uh he's got 293 plate appearances 29 runs 24 rbis seven home runs three stolen bases 212 average the best thing about his stat line is the number of games he's played
0: yeah, no, that, that's what I noticed last year when I was a um, disappointed owner. He's
1: playing. I mean, he so he played 158 games last year. He played 152 in 2021. He's gonna go out there. He's gonna get PA's. Except last year, he only got so he got 88 runs, 88 RBIs. That's fine, but you want more than that. I mean, you'd like one of those to be hundred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of another guy that is not on track to. S- is on track to steal more bases, right? He's got three already this year. He only had three all of last year, so
0: good for him. Way to go. Yeah, so he's going to double. He's going to double. Man, Jake. It's also... He's Jake. Come on. <laughs> well, that's that's why it feels
1: like he's a guy that should have been around forever, and then it turns out he's born in 1994, and it's like, oh, man, <laughs> what?
0: How are you that much younger? Uh Jake Cronenworth. What? Okay. this is But this is sort of what the problem is with San Diego. It's like, not only... Are you not really getting the production from your top guys, but the guys like Jake Cronenworth, who you're like, I don't know. Let's get back to 2021, Jake Cronenworth. I'm not seeing it. Well, Jake Cronenworth. I mean, it's weird. I don't understand him. I actually don't
1: understand him being an all-star. <laughs> like, I look at these numbers and I'm like, okay,
0: why? In in 2021, he was an all-star. And 2022,
1: he was an all-star last year too.
0: As as an owner, I would say, I don't know how that happened. He must have been. He must have been a um. utility person brought in later to fill in for
1: someone else i i i guess so but i mean he's interesting because his only transactions is super regular his only transactions have been to be activated for the all-star team for the past three years (laughs) (laughs) that's good yeah good for him he's gonna get over 150 games this year again the thing that i don't like i mean skipping skipping right to the uh lineup analysis is that they bounced him around a little bit. I mean, they gave him looks at batting second. They let him off for two games, and now they've knocked him back down to five and six. And that's, mm. I mean, that that's
0: not that's good. that's a thing that really hurts his value, right? Well, that's what I was drafting him last year. I he's just the same guy that he was last exactly. year. I was worried that he was going to have a bounce back this year, and no, <laughs> no need to fear. He he is. But that's all, he all that he he you he needed you needed him to be let's get him to lead off in you know lead off in that San Diego lineup and um get back to that batting average that he had in 2020 of 2.85 or even the 2.66 that he had in 2021 with a I mean, 3.40 isn't a great but it's not terrible on base percentage maybe he'd be a little bit older get get a couple more walks but no that's not really that's not really what we're doing. But,
1: I mean, l- listen to this lineup. This is what you wanted as a Jake Cronenworth owner. On on April 27th, the Padres lineup was Jake Cronenworth, Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Matt Carpenter, Trent Grisham, Hassan Kim, and then Brent Sullivan. But, I mean, you got that lineup every day. You need to own Jake Cronenworth, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, even, even these lineups where he's batting second, and they lead off Tatis, and then Cronenworth, and then Machado, and then Soto, and then Bogarts. I mean, those are great lineups too. But now he's the the guys after him are uh Edouard and Gary carp yeah. uh, Gary Carpenter, Matt, Matt Carpenter, carp- carp- and Matt carp- Gary Sanchez, <laughs> <laughs> and
0: Austin Nola. I mean, it's like
1: ah uh, okay.
0: Yeah, you're not gonna be scoring much, and especially with a 212 average this year. His BABIP is two fifty four. Ooh, that hurts. So why he that's... should get some regression. But why... See, he's not a two twelve hitter, but no. but career two eighty one BABIP. So if we get like thirty, let's let's just say he gets thirty more points in batting average. Well, that that would put him on track for last year, right? Because he was
1: two thirty nine last year. What was it? What was his yep. BABIP last year? Two seventy five. Okay, so he so he definitely has regression coming for him, <sighs> on his batting average. Yeah. But he's not. I mean, he's not. He's not on pace to get anywhere near his runs or RBIs total from last year, Mm-mm.
0: and that just makes him completely unownable. Which is, it's good. he's not getting. He's not in the top four nearly as much as he was last year. Right. Right. With Tatis being back and and with um, with Bogarts there and with Soto being a full time player on the team, yeah, he's just less less place for Jake to hit. Man, I just I
1: cannot get over looking at this Padres lineup and just being like how is this team not doing it? <laughs> yeah, how how can this team not get it together? Look at this lineup. <laughs> I just I don't
0: get it either. Tatís Soto, yeah, Machado, Bogarts. I, I that, mean that, that... I <laughs> that core it's like it it
1: could not matter what else you do and then they have a whole bunch of actually serviceable guys behind them
0: yeah you have nelson cruz every couple of days yeah. nelson cruz <laughs> nelson jake <Cruise>. cronen <laughs> jake cronenworth you have some mix of roofnet or door matt carpenter well, you've you trent grissom
1: batting ninth trent right grissom. you're trying i mean you're trying to tent Grim. <laughs> i always feel that too i mean you have trent grisham batting i mean you know, he gets on base, he could steal a couple, he got I mean Matt is not
0: totally washed up. Right. It's such a step down from those top four, but like it Detroit we we did this with Cleveland yeah, yeah. and and Cleveland's step down was like from like B minus to <laughs> D minus. Yeah. And this this is a step down from like A plus to C minus yeah. players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big, oh, difference. Yeah. Big difference. Big well, difference. So I guess so I feel good. I feel good. I actually feel good about Jake Cronenworth that I wasn't a year too early. Yeah. Um, that clearly there's something that Jake doesn't have clicking for him. He's coming up on thirty years old. Yeah, he's not young. He's so- not that young. I mean, I think I think it's worth
1: I do think he should not be completely written off because he could put something together with that team that would have a real serviceable
0: fantasy impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, you, you still got to pay attention to him, but, but he's, but he, I don't think that he's, but he's, I. He's, he, he, yeah. he seems more to me like the kind of guy that um, will be on a playoff team. will be on their team for playoffs. will have a really good playoffs. We'll play everywhere for them. Yeah. And we'll have like, somehow in the playoffs, he'll be like four fifty and he'll be leading off for them in the World Series and he'll be like great Jake Cronenworth who's still around look at him he's one of the actual Padres on this team and then like the next year he'll he'll do really well but until that means that as goes the team as goes Jake instead of so if, no, if the we, team does really well i bet you that he will will start doing really well we do know that i mean nice thing he is
1: he's got a shot at eligibility at three positions everywhere
0: yeah just about everywhere.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I mean and I, I do I mean I do I don't dislike a team playing in the in the West. Petco's not the best park for him, obviously. Yeah, but he gets to go to Arizona and Colorado and who cares anymore. <laughs> no, I mean you're you're not wrong. It's the, the value there is or the the hurt that you get there is much is much less. It, it's just kinda like he's probably available in your league. <laughs> You know, you're, you're relatively shallow league, so keep an eye on him. Yeah. Oh, well. Who are we doing next week?
0: We're going to do Luisa Rise. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!